Good morning. It's January 6th, the Feast of the Epiphany, and the second anniversary of Insurrection Day. A rainy morning in New York that was supposed to have been a dry day when it first showed up in the forecast. And this is the Popular Cast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, looking at today and the news. Does it count as news anymore that Kevin McCarthy can't get elected Speaker of the House? It's just the same thing over and over again. But this keeps making it more and more important. Slate had a nice piece about how happy C-SPAN is at being able to get reaction shots, because as long as the House keeps failing to constitute itself as the House, the official House camera feed does not take over, and they can use their own camera operators and show people the whole mess. The newspaper hit the front stoop in a really lovely advertising wrapper this morning. A field of irregular multicolored dots on a plain white newsprint background with no information or logo across the whole front page worth of it. You have to flip it over to figure out that it's a Louis Vuitton ad, and then you actually have to open it up to figure out that it's an ad, I guess, for a Louis Vuitton bag that's been dabbed with paint in these colored spots on top of the usual coverage of the Louis Vuitton logos. Congratulations to the LVMH guy for putting something nice on the newspaper in addition to surpassing Elon Musk as this richest person in the world. On the front page proper, McCarthy's failures are occupying two columns in the top right. Below that, we have survivor in Idaho killing saw a masked man in the hallway. The Times is really digging into the University of Idaho murders from November. Uh, now, yesterday, they got their heavy.com on by doing a whole front section story about how the suspect had changed his license plate after the event. Now we get this front pager about how one of the roommates saw the guy in the hall. When when the roommate peered out of her room just after 4 a.m., she later told investigators she stood in frozen shock as a man wearing black clothes and a mask walked by her toward the home's back door. She did not recognize him, she said, but she noticed his bushy eyebrows and then went back to bed, I guess. Uh, authorities have yet to detail a motive in the killings, nor has there been any explanation for why the two surviving roommates did not call 911 until shortly before noon the next day. Also, the authorities are saying that the alleged perp, who was a criminology student, unlike the Russian troops in Ukraine and the power station vandals that we talked about earlier this week, did turn off his cell phone around the time that the murders were committed, a tactic he might have wanted to also consider using on the 12 times that his cell phone allegedly pinged near what would become the crime scene on earlier occasions. In less mysterious but still confusing human behavior, we have the big front page treatment of the ex-pope's funeral, presided over by the current pope, who apparently made people mad by barely mentioning his predecessor, in a homily immediately scorned as too modest by bereft supporters who said it had failed to articulate and celebrate the legacy of a pope who had become a touchstone for conservatives in the church. The strangeness only heightened curiosity over how the funeral would unfold and how Francis would thread a course between honoring Benedict's request for a simple send-off and not offending the church's conservative wing, which wanted much more for its departed standard bearer. This neatly harmonizes with the story inside the paper, Trump struggles to play kingmaker in GOP speaker fight. As in both cases, we witness the dispensability of an actual authority figure and that person's preferences to authoritarian movements. These people who now consider themselves conservative Catholics are expressing that conservatism by substituting their own judgment and preferences for 
those of not one, but two different popes. Repulsive disrespect is how the Times quotes Roger as tweeting about it, identifying Dreher as a hard-right critic of Francis and a die-hard traditionalist who left the church. Which is a funny way to express your commitment to tradition. I'm sorry, I'm still not sure how to say Rod's last name. I guess the FBI report, in which an informant identified Rod Sr. as the exalted cyclops of the local Ku Klux Klan chapter, rendered it phonetically as drear. So maybe I'd just go with that. Anyway, he respects Pope Benedict too much to listen to what he wanted. Just as the Trumpiest wing of the house knows that Trumpism requires somebody fiercer than Kevin McCarthy, even if, or entirely independent of the fact that, the literal physical Donald Trump endorsed McCarthy. That's your news. Thanks for listening and have an excellent weekend.